0: Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Wednesday, July 5th. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, Atlanta officials are condemning a series of attacks over the holiday weekend that targeted police vehicles. Wick farmers markets begin this week in central Georgia for families in need, and will break down a busy weekend for athletes, including the results from the Peachtree Road Race. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Atlanta officials are condemning attacks over the holiday weekend that targeted police vehicles. Atlanta Police Chief Darren Sheerbaum this morning said explosives set off at a precinct on Saturday destroyed eight of their motorcycles. This attack was not only an attack on the men and women of this police department, but it was an attack on every neighborhood that this department protects and every visitor that comes to our city to enjoy Atlanta. The Peachtree Road Race the day before could easily have been impacted. Shibram said a few hours earlier, a planned explosives attack at another precinct was thwarted by a concerned citizen. He says contractors associated with the city's planned public safety training center also were targeted by vandalism, tire slashing, and graffiti. Atlanta mayor Andre Dickens said criminals were hiding in the midst of people peacefully protesting the training center. Retired former Fulton County Superior Court judge Marvin Arrington Sr. died this morning at the age of 82. A statement from his family expressed gratitude for his, quote, loving dedication as a committed father and grandfather and for his example of a lifetime of service. The statement did not give a cause of death. Arrington served as the City of Atlanta Council president for 17 years until he unsuccessfully ran for mayor. He was appointed judge by then-Governor Roy Barnes and served for a decade. Arrington's family says details about arrangements will be announced as they are finalized. The sheriff in South Georgia's Crisp County says one of his deputies was shot and killed during a traffic stop early this morning. Sheriff Billy Hancock says the deputy pulled over the suspect, who opened fire, stole the deputy's patrol car, and fled up Interstate 75. Authorities apprehended the suspect near Macon. The deputy, whose name has not been released, is the first Georgia law enforcement member to be killed in the line of duty this year. The Georgia Department of Agriculture has regained its status as a law enforcement agency after a 10-year hiatus. GPB Sarah Callis has more on what the change could mean. The department disbanded its law enforcement agency in 2013. Now, its Law Enforcement and Emergency Management Division will have arresting powers and collaborate with other agencies on safety. Agriculture Commissioner Tyler Harper tasked Harlan Provo to be Inspector General and Director. Provo says the new division will focus on reducing agricultural crimes. Helping us ensure that people aren't being trafficked in Georgia, people aren't selling drugs in the agriculture industry. We want to protect the farmers and we want to protect the produce and the food that people consume in Georgia, that they're safe. Provo will also handle emergency management and help farmers access relief funds after natural disasters. For GPB News, I'm Sarah Callis. Electric vehicle manufacturer Rivian is reporting strong production and deliveries in the second quarter. The California-based company is planning to build a massive factory east of Atlanta. Rivian says it produced nearly 14,000 vehicles at its Illinois manufacturing center in the three months ending in June. That's a nearly 50% increase over the previous quarter, and a result that Reuters called a positive sign for the electric vehicle startup. A beach party that promised to be another large, unpermitted event on Tybee Island failed to materialize over the 4th of July holiday weekend. As GPB's Orlando Montoya reports, some business owners say the publicity around the event could have cost them. The event was billed as a follow-up to Orange Crush, an April bash that brought thousands of mostly well-behaved visitors, but also included fights on the beach, massive traffic disruptions, and a road rage shooting. Tybee Island resident and innkeeper Karen Kelly says she had her doubts about this weekend. I could have told you it wasn't happening. Because I called both of the clubs and they they didn't have an event going on. <laughs> and I talked to other hotel owners and there was no hotel room booked for this such event. She blames event organizers, the media, and city officials for lackluster business. For GPB News, I'm Orlando Montoya. Georgia Public Transit Systems are getting seven million dollars as part of the state's new transit trust fund. Approved by state lawmakers in 2021, it's the first ever dedicated annual state funding source for public transit in Georgia. But the funds only go to agencies outside of Metro Atlanta. Georgia Department of Transportation spokeswoman Natalie Dale says 51 transit systems received awards in the fund's first fiscal year, which ended last week. Sometimes these are uh, the only way that people who live in these communities have to get where they're going, um, they're really vital to quality of life in these small rural communities. Among other awards, athens Clark County plans to create a bus link to Metro Atlanta's MARTA system. The fund leaves MARTA as the largest public transit agency in the country without a dedicated annual source of state funding. MARTA, however, occasionally does receive large state appropriations for individual projects. The MARTA public art program, Artbound, has announced artists to create eight mosaics that will be installed on platform levels at the Five Points Station. Four artists were selected from a pool of more than 150 candidates. MARTA says the project will give their largest and busiest station a makeover for the first time since the late 70s. The mosaics will serve as both navigational aids and visually striking art pieces. Several local farmer's markets this summer will serve women, infants, and children as part of a supplemental nutrition program that helps to feed almost 200,000 people every month. GPB's Sophie gratis has the details. WIC farmer's markets begin this week in central Georgia as part of an annual program sponsored by the state public health department and the USDA. Mary Walcott is the WIC program coordinator for Bibb County, which will host its market from July 24th to 28th. How I always explain it to my participant is, Farmer's Market is a special time where we give you extra money allotted at no cost to you for your family. To pay for fresh produce, WIC participants will need to pick up vouchers at their local health department first. Although Georgia replaced paper vouchers with electronic benefit cards last year to make grocery shopping easier, Walcott says logistical issues means the state will likely wait until next year to roll those out for farmer's market purchases. For GPB News, I'm Sophie Grotus in Macon. Northwest Georgia's Rome has completed a long-running project to install historical markers on downtown buildings. The city-administered program placed a total of 45 plaques on commercial buildings in Rome's downtown corridor, Broad Street. Unlike many historic plaques, the ones in Rome include more than just a building's date. Ann Pullen spearheaded research for the project on behalf of the Rome Area Heritage Foundation. We tried to put a little history of the building on each plaque, which has proved a bit more difficult difficult to do than we thought it would, uh, because we've had to narrow down a lot of history of the buildings and distill it into one sentence. Poland says Rome's downtown development authority and Broad Street businesses paid for the plaques in the interest of boosting foot traffic in the corridor. Federal wildlife officials have proposed adding a rare southeastern mussel to the endangered species list. The southern elk toe is a freshwater mussel found only in the Apalachicola, Chattahoochee, and Flint River basins. GPB's Devonswald has more. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service says the species has disappeared from most of its range and only six populations still exist. Sandy Abbott with the agency's Georgia Ecological Services field offices says mussels play a special role in the river basin's ecosystem. They filter the water in to take out nutrients you know, for food and when they um, spit it back out, um, the water is cleaner. So they're like kidneys of the river systems. They actually clean and filter the water out, and a lot of people don't realize that. The service is also proposing to designate 578 river miles in Georgia, Florida, and Alabama as critical habitat. The public can submit written comments on the proposal to the federal government until August 21st. For GPB News, I'm Devin Zwald. The King Center announced yesterday the celebration of life services for Dr. Christine King-Farris. Farris Farris died last week. She was the last living sibling of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. The three days of tributes, honors, and celebrations begin on Tuesday, July 11th at Spelman College and end on Sunday, July 16th at Ebenezer Baptist Church. In lieu of flowers, the King Center asks for donations to the Christine King-Farris Legacy Foundation. Severe weather brought an early end to this year's Peachtree Road Race in Atlanta. Organizers of the 54th annual Independence Day 10K say about 500 participants were still on the course when an unexpected thunderstorm canceled the event around 10.30. However, the majority of the runners were finished by that time. Kenyan Charles Longat won the men's race in just under 28 minutes. Ethiopian Foyten Tesfaye won the women's race in just under 31 minutes. Last year's winner and this year's favorite, Sinbari Teferi, veered off course just before the finish line. She appeared to follow the motorcycle pacing the course as it veered off ahead of the finish line. Daniel Romanchuk won his sixth consecutive men's wheelchair race, and women's wheelchair winner Susanna Scaroni won her third. And Cece Page, an Atlanta graphic designer, won the finisher's shirt design contest. In other sports, the Atlanta Braves almost made it to 10 wins in a row last night, but in extra innings, the Cleveland Guardians pulled off a 6-5 victory. The loss ended what many fans had considered a continuation of the red-hot month of June, when the Braves started winning and seemed unable to stop. Ronald Acuna Jr. extended his hitting streak to 15 games last night. The four-time All-Star outfielder is the first player to reach 20 home runs 40 stolen bases, and 50 RBIs before the All-Star break. Righty Michael Soroka is expected to get the start for the series finale for the Braves tonight. In basketball, the Atlanta Dream faced the Los Angeles Sparks tonight, and Atlanta United announced today that it has acquired $300,000 in 2023 general allocation money, or GAM, That's extra money for players' salaries. The club also acquired $100,000 in GAM for next year and a 2023 international roster slot from the Colorado Rapids in exchange for Andrew Gutman. Atlanta could also acquire up to $150,000 in conditional GAM if Gutman reaches performance thresholds during his time with Colorado. Major League Soccer's secondary transfer window officially opened today and will remain open until Wednesday, August 2nd. Atlanta United will travel to face CF Montreal on Saturday. And that is it for this edition of Georgia Today. We do appreciate you tuning in. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, visit gpb.org news. And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, now is a great time to do it. We'll be back in your podcast feed tomorrow afternoon with all the top stories in the state. And if you've got feedback about anything you hear on this podcast, or if you get a story idea, something you want to hear on this podcast, let us know send us an email. The address is Today at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.